Hello, and welcome to episode 207 of Flicks in the Six, the number one podcast among Inisherin Banshees. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza, with me forever no ways, the man, the myth, the fiddler in the pub, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Why, well, I'd best be going over there and doing that whatever I was going to do over there. <laughs> on this week's episode we've got lots of trailers to discuss i'm sure there's also a good amount of consumption so we're not gonna we're not gonna belabor the point so all of that is coming before we dive into our flick of the week the banshees of Inna sharon but first al what are we drinking we are drinking oh my goodness what this is a first in a long time oh no did you forget <laughs> <laughs> ah, the sweet sound of a cracking beer. <laughs> it's a good thing I reminded you to record because we might have missed that as well as all of the rest. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think to re- remind you to open the beer. Sorry. So while you're Sorry. pouring that, I'll just say, well, actually, pour it right near the mic so we can get the sultry tone of the glug glug of delicious beer because we're drinking sexual energy, <laughs> sexual fantasies, and little white lies. <laughs> <laughs> No, more on Batman later. Um, we're mm. drinking, it's from District 96 and Equilibrium. It's a collaboration beto- between two fantastic breweries. Sure. Um, I'm sure you just noticed as you put that closer to your face, which is to say the microphone, it smells delightful. It was as I moved it away, the it, it wafted towards me. And it, it was a delight and not in the Phantom Thread sense. It's positively effervescent, one might say. Um, oh. You're so eager you're drinking it while I'm still talking. Oh, no, I was just smelling it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I would never. These uh, these cans tend to be Spartan, but it does tell us that it's a Northeast IP, uh, double IPA, rather. Uh, 8% alcohol by volume. Uh, it, it can't a Northeast IPA. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gross. It, it came in a pint, as, as, we, <laughs> as we prefer. Um, it's naturally processed, unfiltered beer. Um canned in new city new york uh again in collaboration as we said between equilibrium and district 96 and that's about it um we got a a a thick white band topped by a slightly less thick yellow goldenrod maybe band that's our can that's it that's it not much a uh a stencil spray painted district 96 on the side and uh, as well on the top where we have this, that stencil like military issue type of lettering district 96 as well as the more script like equilibrium beneath yeah. uh, as is common to their respective logos so now would you what? like to I would I would like to get into this I, I would note yeah that it looks uh it's like it looks like like orange juice with all the pulp like it's the very thick when I first poured it and to be fair I have like kind of weird like floodlight type uh recess yeah. lighting above me. A little spotlight it, action. It almost looked neon at first. Yeah. Now it's kind of settled in. It does, you're right. It looks like like hand squeezed orange juice. Yeah. Um it smells delightful. You want to waft before we sip? I do. <laughs> do you even have to ask? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Wafting. That does smell good. I love I love when you see just all of that action in the glass. Like just the very tiny bubbles constantly rising towards the top. So there's nice. a there's a titanic battle between the like coniferous piney resin smell and that juicy yep. sweet aroma. Yeah. I can't decide what it wants to be more of. And, Let's find um, out. Maybe the taste will let us know. Cheers. Cheers. I'm just gonna let you do it from now on since you clearly have a better 
system. The, I, I will say uh, my, that beer crackle was perfect, though. No, it was good. It was good. So, cheers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sexual energy, indeed. Yeah. I just went from six to midnight. I feel like there's sexual energy in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's when our podcast got delisted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. We must have Oh, no, I forgot to click explicit. (laughs) (laughs) There is a a mother of three who is furious with us right now. (laughs) Oh, this is nice. This is like um, balanced is the is I feel like the first thing that comes to mind. Everything seems to be playing really well together. You had mentioned those two aspects that were fighting each other in the aroma, but like they're both present. And accounted for. <laughs> I don't think anybody's too overwhelming in any respect. It's really, really good. That life or death struggle has been taken outside the bar and into the streets. Mm-hmm. It's it's left the aroma and it's into the taste and <laughs> on the palate now. Neither neither side willing to give nor receive quarter. So I think you should I think you should announce beer fights <laughs> for, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> The hops have them on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm thinking of. Do you um, hear that ding, or is it just in my head? I heard a sound before, but I tried okay. to just. It's just it. now you didn't hear a ding. Um, I was laughing, so no. All right, I just want to make sure that it uh, it's not bothering the listeners. I, I it should it should be. Oh, it's not. I apologize. It's not. You don't disturb. We should be good now. We should be good now. Uh, anyway, I was thinking as we talk about this fight, where neither side seems like it's likely to win. I was thinking of. From the first um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie at the end when Captain Jack Sparrow and Captain Barbosa are fighting. Uh, when both of them are technically undead at this point. When when Jack has revealed that he secretly stole one of the coins and neither mm. of them can kill each other. And they're just fighting and fighting and fighting. And then he and then Barbosa <laughs> says something along the lines of, "Is this to be it, Jack? We're just going to fight, and you know, forever and ever or whatever like that." <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing poorly, but like I, I'm just it was reminded of that line. I remember him saying something yeah. kind of eloquent about the fact that what what are they even bothering to do here? Neither of them could kill the other one. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, this is nice. Um, I'm a fan. It's a, very juicy, very flavorful, and very balanced. Um, I'm gonna go three fuckles. I think three. I'm willing. I, I think I'm inclined to go four. You're gonna go four. You're gonna this go fourth on that. It is very good. I can. I I wouldn't argue the point. Good because I don't know what's holding me back from the four, but three is a respectable, respectable. Oh, rating, absolutely. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna continuing as you noted last week, and I think we noted the week before. A fantastic run of beers. Yeah. Um. Spoiler alert: the movies are about to get weird. Uh. But. Yeah. The, the beers are great. The beers are flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till we get to my toot-length review. Uh, do you want to get into the news and nuggets? Might as well. We might as well. I'm not talking <laughs> about the present. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we don't really have much except for trailers. We because we got a lot of them. Of trailers. And, uh, of course, you can tune in after the close of the show for the last word on The Last of Us episode five. Five. And uh, I'm going to tell you now because our show is long. So if you'd ever like us to review a specific movie or you have news or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to the 6 at thespintune.com. I realize I should probably be getting ahead of it with that. 
Yeah. Rather than waiting until three hours in. Um, or like 3.15, which <laughs> we had last week. It was a, it was a lengthy episode. That's what happens when we miss a week. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, which trailer do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the trailer for the greatest superhero movie ever. Okay. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> because I, I, I spun this trailer up, sat down, and I was like, here we go. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I get to the end. Son of a bitch. You got me excited for the Flash. <laughs> it's a good trailer. It's a really I, good trailer. I don't know if the movie's going to be good or not, but it's a good trailer. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's exciting. I I forgot since it's been a while since I watched any of the uh, any of the other Zack Snyderverse movies that uh, I actually did. I, I do like Ezra Miller as the Flash. Uh, the, the, the quirky Flash character works. I'm cool with that. Um, regardless of what they may or may not be doing out in the world. Um, but I mean, we all, we knew it was coming, but boy, did they get me with the music when they reintroduced Michael Keaton's Batman. Oh, I know it. That is one of the all time. Like we love the Nolan Batman mm-hmm. movies and like the dark ominous tone. I mean, the themes in yep. those, um, but that, Keaton, Elfman, Burton, so good. Batman theme is elite. It is. It, I mean, it's just I, as much as I love the Dark Knight, uh, that's the first. This is the first real Batman that I was ever introduced to. So it's exciting to, to for the return. Also, I'm, does he look exactly the same? He looks to me to be exactly the same. Michael Keaton? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the bat suit. Well, and obviously, I know it's just the chin. You don't see most of his face. You see, yeah, you see the outline of his mouth and chin and yeah. like, the circles around his eyes. So uh, his face looks wide. Weathered. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, the, the Ben Affleck piece of it, I was fine with too, just because obviously that's how this flesh was introduced to us. So I think that that makes sense. Um, I also, I like that. I'm okay with that version of the Batman. It's just that the movies were, were rough. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. We know we're going to see different things from different timelines. I'm sure even though this trailer showed us probably a bit too much, it needed to mm. show us something to actually get us to halfway care. And so we, we knew to an extent that we were going to be seeing some things that we'd seen in the past. So yeah, do we okay. get do we get a uh, a hidden Christian Bale Batman at some point in the movie that they don't that they 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 hide from us really well in the promotional material? Um, I mean, it's certainly possible. Two Batmans, like we were able to do it with the Spider Man movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because that was the main event was getting the two of them, and we got mm-hmm. a smattering of their you know, villains as well. Some more so than others. Right. This one looks like it's going to be trying to juggle even more. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to be able to work another Batman in. Val Kilmer. It's probably not going to be Val Kilmer, but sure. it's probably not going to be George Clooney. If if you maybe pick between the three of them, I would say Bale, especially yeah. because you get three distinctly different timelines because technically the Burton slash Schumacher ones are all loosely the same continuity. Right. Right. At least they, they have the Alfred continuity. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
I will say there's one there is a scene of Batman on the bat bike that looked very much like the Nolan Batman. I agree. But, um so that would be kind of cool. And we didn't see his face in that. So Right. And even 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 if we do some sort of like even if it's even if they don't actually put him in, but like to some degree like, you know, kind of CG that aspect of it and like give us teases or tastes of other Batmans, that could be cool. And good news for you, Michael Shannon's Zod is back. I know. I know. I am I'm semi coming around on Michael Shannon as being casted as the character I don't like. I was going to say, if look at the silver lining, you get to see him die a second time. Yeah, this is true. This is true. It's rude. It's rude for me to talk that way. I don't, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I still don't like him. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's okay. You don't have to like everyone. I mean, he does often play unlikable characters. I, yeah. Has he ever played a likable character? That's a good question. He was very entertaining in Bullet Train. Not a likable character. Well, just like, entertaining. Entertaining, but not likable. Not likable. Because that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's a decent actor. I know you don't. He's got a very punchable face. He does. Um, but he he does like intimidation and brooding and foreboding very well, despite him yeah. not seeming like a particularly large person. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So there you know what is is too. I I already had this. I had this feeling about him. I never really cared for him. And then, but he kept showing up in movies that I was watching. And then he was in, what was that one with the fish? Um, the Shape of Water. Yeah. And he was eating those hard candies. And I was just like, I am appalled by you. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just couldn't take him anymore. It was horrible. Uh, but it's fine. It's fine. His, he's back. His head's in a fishbowl. We'll see what that's all about. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. And it's not, it's soon, right? March? April? Um, I thought it was in the summer. I thought oh, it was is it? July or June. Who knows? No one <laughs> know. Well, let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason not to uh, you know, <laughs> get the detail here. Um, it is expected. Oh, director Andy Machete. I don't think I actually knew that. Hmm. Uh, I did. I did know that at one point. Yeah, it's been so long. Probably like 14 years ago. Yeah, also it changed directors or had theoretical directors like 15 different times. Right. Um, June 16th. Also, I'm seeing a quick little bit of the trailer here on IMDb. Mm -hmm. That's got to be the Nolan Batman on the motorcycle. Right? It's like fat wheel and everything. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Let's move on to another one that I'm looking forward to that you surely are not, and that is Fast 10. (laughs) <laughs> it's not that I'm not looking forward to it, although I still haven't seen the ninth. I'll get around to it. You haven't? I forgot you. We never did Fast Nine Furious. No. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it, we do have um, well, Jason Momoa in there, which is exciting. Yeah, I don't remember hearing that he was cast in this. Me neither. But he brings such a good energy to everything that he's in that I feel like it's going to be fun. Yeah, he's going to be a little ridiculous. It's hard to. See him in like a a villainous type of role. It doesn't seem like to be the type of thing that he would do usually. Which yeah, maybe that's good that he's. <laughs> I I was watching the trailer for the first time. We were we went away this weekend uh, for a little bit, and we were we were throw, I had all these trailers thrown on because like I found this like YouTube like station almost that was just playing all the ones that I hadn't seen before, and this the Fast and Furious one came on. And uh, Kim was watching it, and Kim uh, does not 
does not want Fast and Furious in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> just, and she's like, as soon as it came on, I was like, yes! And she goes, ugh. <laughs> and it starts playing, and she's like, this is just so bad. I was like, I know, isn't it great? <laughs> and it's going, and it's going, and she's like, is that... She's like, why... <laughs> in regards to Michelle Rodriguez, she's like, why is she an actress? <laughs> and, then, and she's going on and on, like, tearing this movie apart, and then she goes, is that Helen Mirren? <laughs> I was like, it is. And she's like, why is she in there? I was like, she's Jason Statham's mom. And she's like, but he's not even in the movie. And I was like, just wait. <laughs> and then sure enough, towards the end of the trailer, he shows up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, so going to be a treat. It looks like in addition to the core cast that we've had for the last several ones, we get Rita Moreno as Abuela Toretto. Yep. Was she in the last one? I feel like she might have been, but I maybe no, no, maybe not. I don't know. Um, we have Alan Richson seems to be joining the cast. Who's that? Uh, he was Thad in Blue Mountain State, and most recently he was uh, Reacher in the Reacher show. Okay. Um, Michael Rooker, classic. Cardi B. What you can't you can't have enough Michael Rooker. Just. I feel like he's he's the he's the next Danny Trejo. He's he's just showing up everywhere. <laughs> he's Mary Poppins, you He's that's right. Um, and then we have obviously some of the returning people who are of more recent vintage, like John Cena, uh, Jason Statham, Helen Mirren. Uh, oh, Brie Larson's new, right? That's right. right. Charlize Theron. Um, Scott Eastwood's back as little nobody. Okay. There's a um. So Kurt Russell and um, Luke Evans are notably absent from this hmm. this one. The, there was a scene in the trailer where I don't even remember which character was it. Michelle Rodriguez's character. Somebody wakes up on a table, and there's I think a table. It was Michelle Rodriguez, and yeah. it's Charlize Theron, and they were, she was like surprised, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What are the circumstances that led to this point that you're surprised that you're both laying on the table looking? I don't understand what happened. Well, I cannot." For the life of me, even begin to guess what are the circumstances. <laughs> especially because it looked like they were both restrained at first. Yeah. Probably against yeah. their will. Sure. I don't know. Is this really the last one? Or is this like a... No, finale? this is the the beginning of the end. It's, isn't the finale a two-part movie? This is the first of two parts. I really hope the next one's 10 too. <laughs> Fast 10 more. <laughs> Uh, 10 squared. Fast 10 again. 10 again. <laughs> Wait, fa- fast, fast a 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's got Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's a straight up kart racer movie. I, at the end, uh, they it's were like, It's me, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> at the end, they were like, uh, we're gonna like get to the bottom. It's like we, like we used to or something, or like we always did. And they, it's like clearly a street race again. And I'm like, what? How? Okay, I already saw all of the chaos that's gonna ensue with these characters. I sure hope that we somehow go. We're creating. We're just doing too much damage. Let's race for it. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like that's what the trailer was hinting at, honestly. <laughs> This is going to be fantastic. It's going to be so bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you got to see it. Uh, I am I am still disappointed that The Rock is not part of it. 
Yeah. They still got time to get him back for the final, final one. No, he seems pretty adamant that he's not going to be in it. Although, that could very much be a thing that they've been playing up for multiple years so that they could bring him in it stealthily. Well, also, considering how thoroughly Black Adam got his ass kicked, maybe he'll come crawling back. I don't know. Mm. Perhaps. Perhaps. Although, he's, he's got... Don't, aren't they making like 1,700 Red Notes movies? <sighs> I don't know. They're definitely making at least another one. The cash is flowing. He doesn't care. <laughs> for now for now uh sweet uh guardians what do you think of that um they they keep trying to make me cry watching a superhero movie yeah they gotta stop doing that it wasn't shit. even a movie in this case it was a trailer for a movie and i'm like tearing up watching this goddamn trailer it's like that's yeah. not fair that's not okay yeah don't do it looks me. really good it's gotta be great don't do that to me <laughs> but also do it keep doing it <sighs> it's high quality great storytelling Great chemistry. I just, I want it. I want it in all my movies. And they've been nailing it. It's true, but I don't want to be crying at not even the movie. I don't, I, it's the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Why, Drax why do we was care so about clearly these? shot in the chest. Yeah. Why do we care so much about these? They're not real, Anthony. Why do we care I, I don't so know. much about them? I don't it doesn't know, make sense. But I love them. It's like they're your, it's like they're your family. Yes. That's what we've been searching they, for. They've did. We're going to ride off together into the forever. One last time. One last time. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3 2. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> Indiana Jones, speaking of sequels, Indiana Jones 5. That's correct. This this looks good. Harrison Ford's having a moment, isn't he? He really is. Uh, and More on that later. The, <laughs> the uh, I gotta say, they, this one got me too. The the music, yeah. the like it felt like Indiana Jones was coming back for the first time since the last Crusade. Yes, like it, it actually it, it feels like they kind of. I mean, I know they're not doing away with the fourth movie, but it definitely felt. Come on, they they only, they only ever like wink and nod at the fact that other ones happened, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was glad to see that one character come back, as far as like part like partly telling the narration. Uh, I don't know his name. Sala? I don't know. What is his name? Sala? Sure. John Reese davies uh, Sure. I also don't know the actor. <laughs> I, I've got, I really got not, not much for you. He has a fez. Yeah, that's John Reese davies He's great. <laughs> and He's his fantastic. Name, his name was Sala. That's awesome. I, uh, I'll never forget when he brings the camels and he's like, I asked for horses. <laughs> not only that, no camels. I said no camels. That's four camels. <laughs> <laughs> but very cool. Yeah. Looks looks fun. Also, I don't know I, what the de aging is about. Like, if we're going to be going back and forth in time or what? Well, I don't know if it's but, back and forth, but they've been pretty clear. There is going to be some sort of sequence, like flashback sequence. Yeah. Um, to fill in the gaps as to how he, there's like he has. In the trailer, he says, are you still a Nazi? So clearly, this is someone from his past. Right, yeah. And it definitely seemed like it was going all the way back to Raiders. Uh, well, it's certainly going back to Nazi Germany era. So in yeah. somewhere in the between Raiders and Last Crusade times. Um, yeah. Also, until now, I didn't realize Mads Mikkelsen was the main bad guy. Yeah. I, I don't know if I just missed that or if I totally forgot that he was cast like six years I feel ago like or something. similar to the director of The Flash, I feel like this is a thing I didn't know at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, overjoyed as always because you know sure. how big a fan of, of his work I am. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, can't go wrong. I'm down with that. Um, and that's but, June. 
That is June. Sorry. Uh, Fast 10 was May. May. Um, Flash was June. I thought this Guardians was... is May? Uh, fuck. Guardians. I assure you that I'm not looking for the old guard before I'm looking for Guardians 2 on IMDb. <laughs> um, Guardians is May 5th. Okay. And then Indie... June 6th. Oh, okay. Um, there's something else. Oh, that was a guess. I don't... I, I... Oh. <laughs> June 30th. Alright. That's so bad. There was something else that I wanted to mention from the indie trailer, and it's... Well, look at the dates I lost it, so I don't remember what it was now. Baby but... Wallerbridge? No, no. Oh, oh, that's what it was. You asked about the de-aging. I actually read kind of a long interview with him a few days ago, mm. and they asked him about the de-aging and how he felt about it, and what was cool is he's like, oh, you know, I understand, like, people's, like... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, there was a there was something flashing on my screen. And I needed it to stop, so I clicked it, and then I don't know. It threw a million hearts at you. <laughs> yeah, just totally took me out of it. So anyway, he was talking about the de aging, and um, it was something along the lines of he said for that sequence. It sounded like it was just one sequence, really. Mm. What they did was they shot the whole thing. And then they took him. I don't know if it's just from the other original trilogy or if it was all of the movies he made in that time. And they poured over every single frame and they matched the position of his face to the position of his face in the scene they shot. And they just grafted it over like frame by frame. Bananas. So he's like, yeah, I understand like why people are kind of you know, wary about this technology. And all he goes, but it's, it's me. I shot that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then they took me from back then and just kept putting it over my face <laughs> frame by frame. So I'm That's so cool. I'm curious to see how that looks in not mm-hmm. 1.5 seconds of a trailer. Right. Especially since they like the way those older movies were shot, there is a lot of close up dialogue. Mm-hmm. So like that could, that could work really well. That's awesome. But yeah, they said they literally like poured through every frame until they found him turned at the exact same angle and they like popped it over his face and popped it over his face like every frame or something like that. I I thought it was really cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Last but not least, uh, we did get a Ted Lasso season three teaser. Yes. Which is pretty cool. And that's that's next Uh, month. Yeah, which I was really surprised to see the turnaround being that quick with, like, not even a full trailer. It was really mostly a teaser. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the date was, but yeah, it was March something. That's awesome. I I mean, there's not much else to say about that show. It's perfect. I can't wait to watch more of it. Yeah. So. I'll be excited to uh, actually be up with it in the moment and all. Oh, what are we going to call that segment? Ted Lasto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's the, the fastest I've come up with one. Um, I'm not going to say it's my best work because it's not, but I'm weirdly proud of it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, do you have anything else for news and nuggets? No, that's it for now. <laughs> nice. Look at record time. Let's get into some uh, consumption. Okay. 
How? What are you consuming? <laughs> oh, today I consumed too much. My eyes were bigger than my stomach for dinner. Sure. Um, and that's a Trojan horse into I ate a bunch of leftovers, um, most of which was from Super Bowl. Mm. And I wanted to foment the conversation between you and I about Super Bowl fair, because we always <laughs> talk about what we had for the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, I made, for the second consecutive year, a uh, chili recipe that I stumbled upon slash slightly tweaked to make a bit my own. But uh, I, I just adore this chili recipe. So it was so I'm going to need that recipe. Sure. Uh, I love a good chili. Yeah. I, I have one that I don't, for whatever reason, I don't save the recipe and I look it up every time. Okay. And it requires a bizarre amount of digging. Mm. Years ago, um, I, you, you remember the website, The Chive? I don't even know if it's still a thing. I think it's still a thing. I'm aware of it. There was, they, they had some funny stuff. And one of the things was a chili recipe, like, that was posted. And it was like this, and like, almost like a stick figure style character pointing at the ingredients and saying what to do with them. Okay. And... It's it was funny when I read it, but I was looking at all the ingredients. I was like, "This feels like the exact right amount of each of these things," and I made it, and it was fantastic. <laughs> so I would I would look that one up again, and, and in a similar similar fashion, I would tweak it constantly, like a little bit of my own flair on it. But I do I do love me a good chili. So um, I next time I make one, I would like to actually write down what I'm doing so that I can make it faster because I'm always like I'm all for winging it, and it always comes out good. I yeah. I know how to cook. And um, so I'm, I'm like not afraid of it coming out bad. I just like sometimes I don't want to think about it. Like I would like the chili faster, so yeah. I could like I don't know the day before maybe I can mix the dry seasonings and have it ready to roll. Like, you know what I mean? Like versus like throwing it in, doing a taste test. Like just I know this amount works with these ingredients, so let's just do it and then be done with it. That might that might be nice, and then I could have chili. That's true. That's fair. Um, do you do beans in your chili? Yes. Yeah, um, I know some people are like, eh, uh, grow up. Some uh, people are like, eh, about a lot of things, and they could just go away. Well, don't get me wrong. There are foods I don't like, but sure. to me... No, but there's like the whole, like, well, it's not chili then. It's like, just fuck you. No, I just... well, see, I disagree, because I think just about every chili I've ever had has had beans in it, so... Mm. Um, mine also has corn, so deal with it. Mm. Same. Well, now, I, I little will sweet, say... Little sweet pockets? Yeah, I will say that uh, most chilies I've had don't have corn in it. But yeah, that's true. It's okay. It's allowed to happen. And if you what kind of peppers are you working with? Uh, so I actually didn't really do much in the way of peppers. I know a lot of people like to stew their uh, their peppers and all like that. I mm. did dice up a jalapeno. Okay. Um. So like the the gist of it is, um, onion, shallot, jalapeno, garlic, um. Uh, ground beef. Um, main spices is just regular old salt, pepper, cumin, and chili powder. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna put some beans, some some uh, some corn, and uh, some white vinegar. Get a little bit of vinegar reaction. Cool. It's uncommon, but it's it gives that little hint of a bite to it. Not in the way of spice, but just that Dang. sharp finish to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beer. Uh, I usually sure. try to put the darkest beer I can find. And as anyone who is making a nice chili, which needs to be stewing for hours, what you want to do is you want to take two of those beers. And you're going to open them both at the same time. And as you're pouring the one in, you're going to start drinking. 
you drink that while you're making the chili. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know what's funny? That's part of the recipe mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, there might have been one or two other odds and ends, but that's the, uh, nice. the gist of it. I, uh, I've up to, I, I generally put, I use, I, I love poblano peppers, so mm-hmm. I'll use a good amount of those in there. I, um, I, I do some unconventional things, like I will dice a carrot really small, I'll dice some celery really small, it just adds a bunch of flavor, um, especially during the saute process in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I usually try to incorporate some sort of finely chopped green into it as well. See, I would rather just garnish, maybe? That's fair. I try to make like a whole... Like balanced meal out of the entire bowl, like because I mean, if I'm making like a you know for like a let's you know let's have some chili this weekend type of thing, but normally my chilies are like something that I'm gonna have like for a weeknight dinner and multiple times that week, so it's like it encompasses everything I need to in a bowl. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I um, I've got you've got a legume, you've got corn, starch, and you've got a meat. So to me, that's basically a complete meal. And considering I also had a little crudita out, you know, got some veggies sure. elsewhere. So nice. um, that was it. I made a uh, buffalo chicken dip, which nice. I have enjoyed many of. I've never made one myself. I know it's not super complicated, but I love a BCD. I was looking around a bunch of different recipes and I kind of Frankensteined a few okay. of them. But the crucial thing I added to this was because I wanted something to be a little unique because there's a lot of generic sameness yeah. to them. So I saw one of them mention, if you want to get adventurous, why don't you, when you sprinkle your cheese on the top before you kind of bake it, mm-hmm. why don't you sprinkle some blue cheese in there? Yeah. So I'll do you one better. Because I saw one recipe saying, whatever, you, you know, find a nice sharp cheddar or something like that, half mixed in with the chicken and the hot sauce and the sour cream and then half sprinkled on top. I incorporated the blue cheese in, not on mm. top. I bought a big old wedge of Irish blue cheese. Okay. Chopped that in half. Incorporated that inside, like I said. So that it was kind of all-encompassing within it. Yeah. So fucking good. Nice. So, so fucking good. Do you do beer in your buffalo chicken dip? I did not do beer in the buffalo chicken dip. Cool. I love it. I, um... Riri normally makes uh, buffalo chicken dip for whatever things that we have. So if she comes to the Oscars, there's a good chance that there'll be buffalo chicken. Nice. Um, wow. also, Did, also, sometimes I forget that we're doing a podcast. That's my cousin Marie. Yeah. No, <laughs> for those okay. <laughs> You know, sometimes inside jokes need to be inside jokes. <laughs> and references, too. Because uh, that wasn't exactly a joke. Um, but, um, you know, I, um, I noted... As I was, I was, I was perusing the section of the cheeses at the good <clears throat> supermarket section that had the like the good cheeses, and you know they have your gorgonzolas and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I saw Irish blue cheese caramel. Your gorgonzolas, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that should be our band name. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Kerrygold. It was like Keschel blue cheese or something like that. Mm. It's like, okay, I know the brand Kerrygold. I've had, well, we've had sometimes like, I think during the summer, like we had like Irish white cheddar out, like mm-hmm. for like a little snack in by the pool. Delightful. Yeah. It's like, oh, I know that brand. Good brand. Good cheese. Yeah. Great butter. 
yeah, that too. It's like, let me get some of this Irish blue cheese. Now, I, when I think of blue cheese, usually think of either crumbles mm-hmm. or like kind of something hard. Yeah. Very soft. It was like brie texture. Interesting. That I don't expect for blue cheese. No. Really tasty. Really the blue cheese bold. of Inisharan. Exactly. Perfect. Nice. Perfect week for it. Yeah. Right on. Well, I I'm sad to disappoint. Oh. But we didn't do anything crazy for the Super Bowl. It just kind of snuck up on me. And it wasn't even in a pool. It was just next year I'm gonna have to go all out. Okay. Um and it's funny because I don't give a hoot about sports. <laughs> it, <laughs> but, it's, it's funny when we talk about football once a year, which is you texting me, asking me during the Super Bowl about something going on during the game. Yep. That I have to like think from like the perspective of this is someone who doesn't watch football. Yeah. Because you asked me a question about a penalty. Yeah. And at first I was like, well, anyone who watches football, like this is like a super obvious I, I, I didn't ask about a penalty. I asked about the word substitution that was being thrown around a bunch while they kept highlighting something that was going on on the screen. And I was like, I don't understand how these two things go hand in hand. Sure well, it was enough, not a, it was in, they did. It was regards to a penalty, right? No. It wasn't a legal substitution? I, I forgot. Uh, the, that Well, it must have been something about that, but it was a, the a ball was caught and the guy was running out of bounds and they weren't sure about his possession of the ball or his placement of his feet and all this stuff. And then they kept saying the word substitution. And I was like, I don't understand how that corresponds to what I'm watching. Oh, yeah, it was. It had nothing to do with that. Exactly. That's the, and, the, and they kept playing the clip. And he kept saying that word at the same exact time of the clip. And it was purely coincidence. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, I didn't mind explaining. It was just it was one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, no, if you don't actually watch football, I can understand one yeah. confusion um, with the situation and all. But it's, it's just—it's <laughs> funny to, to do. That. <laughs> You're like one of the teams had too many players on the field, and I'm like, but what does that call me crazy? <laughs> but but shouldn't they know that? Yeah, but, um, you know, it's a lot. There's, uh, tempers are, are high, there's a lot of adrenaline, and um, there's a lot of coaches and a lot of players, and they sometimes they're having conversations, and there's, like I said, like there could be 20 different guys who might be in the rotation, but only 11 of them can be there at a time, and sometimes it means 12 of them are on the field. Sometimes it means there's 10 on the field, too. You don't want either of those things. <laughs> Most of my football knowledge comes from the first Ace Ventura. I... I would caution you not to use Ace Ventura as your backbone <laughs> of your football knowledge. Uh, Although I will say that the, the one thing that you could quote football-wise specifically in regards to that does hold true. You you do want the laces out. You do. Sure. They were in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That movie is funny, but uh, it does not hold up by today's standards. Mm, yeah, in one very, very, very specific yeah. way. Anyway, uh, oh, so what do we have? We had some pulled pork, which I know you're a fan of. I am. We had some guacamole, which Classic. is always great. We we have uh, pigs in a blanket, which is becoming a tradition. Of my mother, usually buys them for New Year's Eve. She people go to my parents' house for New Year's Eve, as you know, and she usually buys pigs in a blanket, and probably for the last ten years has forgotten to make them. <laughs> And, and then subsequently would bring those over for the Super Bowl. Well, it's either forgets to make them or she does the thing like that my mom does where like my dad buys 
200% of the food we need mm-hmm. and then picks one or two things to just hide away and we only make 180% too much food? No, no, no. It's uh, it's definitely that she forgets because in every New Year's Day, I'll go back for breakfast and she'll open the freezer to get something and she'll be like, no, I did it again. <laughs> See, I just assumed it was one of those things where like, your dad's like, oh, I'm going to bring some food home from the pizzeria. And your mom's like, okay, just don't bring too much. And then he brings too much. Sure. Like, well, I guess we don't need to make these now. Yeah. So speaking of your family making far too much food. By the way, I, I hosted. My parents were gone. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's fine. I I hosted. Mm -hmm. We made an appropriate amount of food. There was good. There was just a nice, healthy amount of leftovers where like I, for dinner, ate half of the chili that was left over and yes. the last of the chicken dip, which was like, I was eating it while I was waiting for the chili to heat up. Sure. So like, it was the proper Good. amount of food. The appropriate amount of food. <laughs> you know, uh, leftovers, absolutely, love them. But I've been to your house a number of times for holidays and not holidays. And the, you say it's like you're cooking for 50 people. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it looks fantastic all the time. Although I will say uh, the other day, Kim and I went food shopping and I saw some really delicious looking lamb chops, like the little guys. I was like, man, I always love those. And On Easter? <laughs> your, your, your dad knocks it out of the park with those. And then I was thinking, I, I looked at them and I was like, does Uncle Pete mortgage the house every time? <laughs> <laughs> He makes dinner for us because I I'm fairly certain you have the remainder of the lambs available that year. <laughs> it's not that much. <laughs> anyway, they're so good. They're so. Good. Uh, oh, so yeah, we had some pulled pork. We had guacamole. We had uh, the pigs in the blanket. We had a bean salad, which was actually pretty good. Um, we had some chicken wings. Nice. We had some boneless chicken somethings. I'm not going to call them boneless chicken wings. I I kept referring to it as general. So it had a very distinctly Chinese food flavor okay. to it. Um, and I have no idea what was in it. And Bo- neither does my dad because bon- somebody else made it at the pizzeria. Boneless chicken widgets. Yeah, boneless chicken widgets. And, uh, and I made none of that stuff. Nice. I made a salad. Okay. And uh, I got to say, like, last minute I was like, Everybody was bringing X, Y, or Z, and I was like, there's not a single vegetable on this menu, <laughs> so I'm going to go get a salad, and I didn't have much time, so I ran out to the store. There's a place nearby called Lavodi's. They have big family-style salads pre-set up with the dressing on the side, or no dressing, depending on what you want, and then you can just kind of mix it up together. It's like, oh, great. I'll just go grab one of these real quick bring it home. I picked it up, and I was like walking around the store to see what else they had, and I was like, Whatever made me look down, I'm glad that it did. And I looked at the price of it, and I went absolutely. That is just that is absurd. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying four times the amount for these ingredients because you chopped them up. Four right. times is too much markup. Yeah. So what I did is I went back and I bought just the spring mix, the organic spring mix bucket, classic. And then I went to the antipasto section and I bought a Mediterranean mix, which is, it was a pitted one, which is great. So it was pit, I know you're not a big fan of, you don't like olives, right? No, I love olives. Oh, you do love olives. Okay. Uh, so the, it was, the two, it, I like the Sicilian and the Kalamata. Okay. So this was, this was pitted olive salad. So it was Kalamata olives. It was it, uh, it's Sicilian olives. There was a, there was those red ones in there too. Um, 
because uh, there's a couple of other ones in there. There was a few of those mushrooms that are marinated. Yeah. There were some sun-dried tomatoes and a couple of other random things. I grabbed that and I grabbed a little bin of imported aged uh, provolone. Nice. And I was like, I'm just going to chop all this stuff up together, make my own dressing, and throw it on top of the greens. Better yet, I'm also going to chop the greens. So I did all of that, chopped it up. It was, I mean, it ended up being the same price as the big thing, but far better ingredients and more interesting stuff in there. This was some of the best cheese I have ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And it was also the bulk of the cost. But it was delicious. It's always nice when you get a really good cheese in your life. Because old cheese is, like, good, right? Yeah. It's like pizza, which, I mean, obviously there's a correlation there. Like that's true. Sure. Like yeah. Even like except, your average pizza. Except two boots. Have you ever had two boots pizza? No. In Italy, no pizza is better than two boots. Okay. No, my point is. Sorry. If you have real, <laughs> we're not talking Domino's. Right? We're talking like a pizzeria. Mm-hmm. It's rare, really rare. I don't want to say impossible. Rare to have bad pizza. Like yeah. Bad pizza is like uh, it's fine. I'll, I I can eat it. It's fine. Yeah. But when you get the good pizza, that's right. You're like, oh yeah. Same thing with cheese. Like, as long as it's real cheese, sure, you're gonna be, you're gonna enjoy it. It's, gonna it's right. cheese. It's fine. It's solid. But when you get the good cheese, yeah, oh yeah, I, uh, you gotta love a good cheese. But so we made that salad. That was great. Had that in advance of stuff. When we had the pulled pork, um, my, I think my dad made the pork. My mom brought some, some onion rolls to put it on. Uh, you're not, are you on? You don't like onion? Not for the most part, no. Anyhow, they, these rolls were pretty good. But I put a little bit of the salad down first on the bun, then the pork, then a little layer of <laughs> remaining guacamole, and then it just a smattering of hot sauce, and it oh, was okay. it was really good. <laughs> so I like I like to throw a little uh, coleslaw on the pulled pork, but yeah, we didn't have any coleslaw, but I, I'm definitely I, I'm with you on that. With them. All right, uh, sounds like we right. had uh, we, we we partook. I had Mexican tacos tonight, also nice. So. It's a good day. What else are you consuming? Uh, so I have been watching the Bad Batch this season. I okay. Say that by and large, it's been fine, solid, but I don't love the approach. I think it's been a little too, a little too episodic, a little too unguided for the most part. Okay. There's been three standout episodes in the season. I think like really good to solid episodes. One. Followed one of the Bad Batch because there was a schism sometime during the first season and one of them went their own way. We don't see him too often anymore, but there was an episode that was almost entirely devoted to him. Really strong episode. It was like the second or third episode of the season. Okay. Last week, they released two episodes on the same day. And it was like episodes seven and eight, I think. Um, Tied tied up storyline, like two episode arc. Really strong. Cool. Part of the reason it was so strong was because they got back into what made the Clone Wars great and Rebels great. They, it's part of what made Andor great. They got into the nitty gritty of what's going on. Yeah. This is like a snapshot in time. You <laughs> How have, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you? You got a snapshot in time of what's going on in the galaxy right now. And far, it's, far away. Yes. Um, it's a time period, right, where we're pretty close after the events of episode three. Some say a long, long time ago. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> 
<laughs> what is it? What is the time? <laughs> so, so the way that the final episode of Clone Wars went down, it actually led right up to episode three, because you see episode, or you see Order sixty six start to take place. And then some of it didn't have anything to do with it, and then it kind of wrapped up with like the ending of episode three, basically. Okay. The Bad Batch itself takes place like right after like the funerals and like the Galactic Empire has been created, right? Like, what do we do in the immediate aftermath of like war? The the clone army or the uh, the clone army is now the army of the Empire, and the Confederacy is now back in the fold, more or less, and the droids have been decommissioned and all that stuff, right? So we're talking about we've only been maybe a year ish at this point past the end of episode three at this stage of the Bad Batch Mm. in season two. So we see a little bit of what the Senate's doing as a storyline that's been going on through the first two seasons of the Bad Batch has been as the clones age out, how do we supplement them to maintain a strong empire? And how do we plan for when the clones will be no more? And so, I mean, I'm guessing you don't care too much of a spoil. No, you can tell me because I, I I'm so far behind on some of the animated series that that's fine. Um, so the end of season one concluded with an, an admiral who is kind of ascended to a fairly important position. His name's Admiral Rampart. He executes this plan, which, well, we're gonna have some of the best clones, and basically the one of the Bad Batch and some of the other best clones to train these elite fighting units to start to replace, supplement, and then replace them. Crosshair, who is the sniper of the Bad Batch, is the one who's gone off on his own. He kind of forms up his own new elite unit of of guys and eventually gets to the point where Rampart's like, okay, you know what? The clones aren't really worth it anymore. Um, We can do some specific things with cloning, but we can't have this be the bulk of our army anymore. So they they essentially destroy Kamino. They just wipe out all the cities and a lot of the clones, or at least any of the ones that they didn't think were going to be useful to them. And they still have them as the bulk of the army, but he now uses this as part of a, mm, we're going to start this whole drafting and like volunteer force thing, which, you know, is going to be put to the floor of the Senate as the, what they call like the, the recruitment bill or whatever. It's what's mm. going to become the stormtrooper program. Sure. And so this conspiracy goes on, this handful of clones that are still kind of caught up in the middle of this. Some of them were there for them destroying Camino, and the official story told to the rest of the galaxy is, oh, a terrible storm just wiped out all the cities on the storm all the time planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's a handful of people who are like, hmm, something about this doesn't Something's quite seem right. right. <laughs> so it turns it's a, it's a really compelling episode because you get some like espionage and subterfuge and kind of some of those like Cold War era thriller-esque aspects to it. And cool. we start to see some of the other senators, we get a little Bail Organa, of course, who's starting to test the water with a couple of other senators who mm-hmm. are just starting to ask questions. Not, like, be part of Rebellion, but just, like, something doesn't add up here. Plus, like, you guys are just gonna, like, put boot to ass on these clones. It's like, no, like, they're they're people, and if they're not gonna be our soldiers anymore, like, we kind of have to have a plan to integrate them with society and all, and they're like, yeah, no, no, it's fine, we'll just get to that. And it's like, no, like, you need a, a plan. So you get a two-part episode involving that and then the clones the bad batch are brought in to try and break into the command module of the ship and get the proof that this admiral Mm. 
act, you know, committed genocide. <laughs> yeah. um, so it was a really strong two episode arc. Followed up by going back to some just, light to medium genocide. Yeah, no, it was it was fully medium, <laughs> fully medium genocide. I might have been, I might have been involved in some medium to heavy genocide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also got a truly I was I just wasn't expecting it, but it was fantastic. A very brief appearance by the emperor. Ian, oh, Ian, right. Ian McDermott came back to throw a few lines in. Nice, it was great. Um, especially roll it again. Yeah, well, that's. It was great because they're getting into this whole pissing match on the Senate floor, and all of a sudden this chamber opens in the middle of it, and this thing just rises up, and it's just the Emperor, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, buddy, where you been? <laughs> That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. And then, uh, you know, they followed up this week, with, you know, today's episode with back to the episodic hmm. stuff. Now, to be fair, it was a solid episode in its own right, but it's just. They gotta strike a better balance. And I was hopeful that, okay, maybe they're just trying to set the table because even when some of those episodes weren't super important, there was still some table setting stuff going on. Sure. So I was hoping that maybe they were gonna kind of, okay, like that's the first half of the season is kind of, we're just putting the pieces on the board and then we're really gonna like go for the second half, most of the second half. And and to be fair, maybe they will with most of the rest of the season, but it was just a little discouraging to go right back to that after having two strong, strong episodes. Like, Sure. Yeah, that's that's that can be a bummer. I I definitely remember. Um, I f- I remember feeling that way, like in pockets during Rebels of like, this is really really good. I'm super engaged. To okay, yeah, and, and, and then, maybe I'm misremembering it, but I I just thought the balance was better on that show overall. It probably was. I don't. I mean, I watched it all at once. I mean, like, I, I, I binged it, it too. Yeah. Well, I binged it up until the last season. I watched the last season concurrently. Gotcha. But uh, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. Thought it was worth the ride. I think it would be cool to like if somebody's keeping a running list of Star Wars movies slash shows to watch chronologically. Oh, like, Disney Plus does it now. Do but like, will it also break up a season of a show if needed? Do you know? Oh, like, I haven't checked into that, but I know like, that's what I want. They have like a sub tab now of Star Wars that literally says. Star Wars chronologically, and so it'll say it's it's literally listed episode one, episode two, the Clone Wars, episode three, the Bad Batch, Andor, Solo, or That's sorry, cool. or you know what? Sorry, it's probably Solo, Andor, Rogue One, episode four, or Rebels, episode four. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's literally. That's how it's presented. That's cool. They actually break up the timeline. So, like, you know, and then when you get to episode six, you know, it'll go straight to Boba Fett and the Mandalorian, you know? Nice. Nice. That's cool. But and that wasn't always there, but it's cool that they have that in there. That's a good Awesome. Um, all right. <laughs> I haven't consumed Hogwarts Legacy any further. Okay. Only because I got hooked. On this silly game called Vampire Survivors. I have heard of it. Okay. I do not understand why, but I am so... You know what? No, I take that back. I do understand some of the reasons why. I'm absolutely just hooked by this game. It is so much fun. It's run-based. Their runs are 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the level that you choose. Um, and And your ability to last the entire run. And... It just gets more and more interesting 
every run you play. Because, like, at first it's like, oh, okay, I see how this is going. I can't imagine, I mean, like, I got to level, like, you get to, like, level 15 the first time you go through it, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe, like, I don't know what the highest, like, high-level achievement would be in this game, but, like, it's probably not that high. And then you start to get more powerful and understand more about the game mechanic, and you're getting into, like, the 50s, and then you're getting into, like, the 70s, and then you're getting into over 100. And, like, over time, the game just evolves in so many interesting ways that I'm just, like, what next? And it somehow keeps it like there's always something so far for me, there's always been something to try to do. Like first it was like, Oh, I want to try to get enough gold to buy all of the unlockables. And then it was like, Oh, I found out that there's secrets in each level. I have to go. I want to go unlock the secret in each level. And then it was like, Oh, there's other types of secrets. Oh, there's weapon combination upgrades that make you more powerful that you could try to get to a higher level because you're more powerful. Like there's just always something each run. I feel like I discover some new thing that I want to try. To do. Yeah. And the music is great. The art style is fantastic. And I've been playing it with my buddy B and it's not a multiplayer game, but we're playing it at the same time and like just kind of talking about what's going on on the screen. Is it like and, a side scroller? Or? Yeah, it's, it's 2d. Um, some levels are, you can go in any direction. Some are pretty much up and down where there's like obstacles on the right and left. So you won't be able to go far left and right. Mm-hmm. And there's some that are the opposite where you can really go left and right and not, mu- and not much up and down. But it's just like waves of different types of enemies come at you. And they do enemies do different types of things. And the enemies get stronger and stronger as you go on further and further. And every time you level up, you get an item. And you could, it could be a passive or a... Uh, like an offensive or defensive type of thing, I guess. Oh, no, a passive versus like an active type of weapon. I'm going to say one is like an actual weapon and one is usually like an augment of some kind. Okay. And like you have like a six, like six slots for each of those types of things. So it starts off where you're like, oh, I'm going to get this one and try this one out. Oh, I'm going to get this. Oh, this does that powerful thing. Cool. Let me try that one. And then as you're getting on in the game, you're unlocking different things. You find out that, oh, if you actually combine if you get this active and this passive and you level one of them up all the way and then you get a treasure chest, it evolves that weapon into something else. Huh. And then that weapon does some really cool shit. And <laughs> like, like I have a dagger and I get a second dagger and now I throw two and I get a third dagger and now I throw three, one, two, three, and I get a fourth, the fourth level of it. It's like, oh, it increases their damage. Oh, the fifth level increases their speed. Oh, the sixth level gives you yet another dagger. And like up to level eight. And I was like, cool, that's awesome. If you get the right thing to pair it with and you get to the max level of the dagger and then you get a treasure chest, I now fire them at an infinite rate. Oh. And that like, it it just completely changes the dynamic of what your character can do. Yeah. And so like, and then you start to figure out like, oh, if I get this weapon and try to get its pairing piece and this weapon and try to get its pairing piece and then find out that the, the piece that it pairs with also kind of gives a boost to the other stuff that I have, like you could really craft these interesting sets of weapons and just destroy everything around you. And like I said, there's like so many crazy secrets and like random things, like something will happen in the game. You're like, I do not know what I just did to trigger that. And I would love to know what it was, but it was bananas. And like, I've got videos that I can share with you of like the entire screen overrun by enemies, but I have this passive thing that puts a ring around me that does some damage to them. And I have this, spell that when this type of damage is given i get health so if things break through it and hit me it's okay because i'm also gaining health wow and like it's 
it's crazy. You need to get completely overrun. And then once you hit the time limit, death comes for you and it ends it. Ah. And it's like, level completed. But spoiler, my buddy somehow defeated death. Oh, he wow. was he got so powerful in this one level that he defeated death. And he's like, the game got really trippy after that. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. And now that's my new goal. He became so powerful <laughs> that he even defied death. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would encourage I, I think it's worth your time. Um, if you don't get to it anytime soon, when you come for the Oscars, we'll play a few runs of it. And okay. you can get a get an idea of what the game is like, but it's uh it's yeah, pretty bananas. I had seen once or twice people just talking about playing it online. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's cool or whatever. But I, I didn't really know anything about it. Good stuff. And uh, while we're on the topic of games, on Friday I'll be playing Redacted. I, it, Brian got into something. He was able to invite me along with him. Cannot be spoken about, but we get to crossplay together. So <laughs> eventually we'll talk about it. But I thought that was kind of fun. Let me know off air. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for that's it for games. At least. Okay. What what other consumption you got? I yesterday finally got to start watching Shrinking. Oh, how is it? It's interesting. <laughs> okay. Um. So I've watched three of an available four episodes. Mm-hmm. The fifth one will be out Friday. I guess it drops Fridays. Um. The best way I can describe it so far is kind of uh, like rougher, less polished version of what the second season of Ted Lasso is. Mm. Where, I mean, in this case, right, like that show kind of Trojan Horse has the idea is like it's realistically like about therapy and like processing mm-hmm. issues in your life, especially if there's like big issues in your life and all right. that and, and how people interact when they're trying to be okay when they're not okay and all that stuff. Right. In a way that I don't want to say it's a dark comedy exactly, but it's a dramedy, I guess is the best way to yeah. say it. Um, and this is, is more right. You're right off the bat. It's about a bunch of therapists, right? It's, mm-hmm. well, it's about three therapists and their friends and families. Okay. Um, so Harrison Ford, runs the practice and Jason Siegel's in that practice is a, another girl as well who the three of them are the therapists there and right off the bat you know that and this was in the promotional materials just not a spoiler mm-hmm. Jason Siegel's wife died about a year ago and he's he's just not okay and like he's mm-hmm. trying to do his best in his job but even that is kind of he's it's almost that he's going through the motions not because he doesn't have a passion for it it's just that he's having so much trouble being more than just like rotely saying the things Mm -hmm. and outside of work he's a total wreck he's basically not taking care of his daughter who's like 15 she is essentially being raised by his next door neighbor Mm. um and everyone else, with the exception of him and his daughter, seems to kind of have their shit together in this show, at least in the first episode or two. And then you find out, whoa, that's just the brave face that they're putting on. And we realize how very much that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And it's about him trying to find a way to get going. And the way that he decides is to take a more active hand in therapizing his patients, which is to say, 
not helping to give them tools to do better and be better, <laughs> but telling them how to solve their problems. Sure. And not just telling, but starting to do things to help them <laughs> okay. solve their problems. Okay. And that makes things a little bit more volatile. Sure. <laughs> um, also, the other two therapists are telling him, that, like, you're kind of playing with fire here. It's You're skirting the bounds of, like, what would be considered ethical, if not right. outright wrong. And he, in particular, takes on, I mean, he you, you're introduced to, like, five patients pretty much within the first episode. Um, okay. two, two of them are kind of more on the back burner. Three of them are a little bit more you, you see of, and, and two of them he really pushes in some way or other. Um, mm. and, and in particular, one of them who is one, the last that you meet. It's someone who's put on his plate as a new patient. And it's uh, a war veteran who has gotten home and has now been arrested for assault. He's gotten into a bunch of bar fights and stuff. Sure. And this is like court-mandated like therapy and anger management stuff. Gotcha. It's it's a it's a good show. It's not a great show, but I've been very much enjoying it. Okay. I guess I said it's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. It's spiritually a spin-off from Ted Lasso because Brett Goldstein created this with the help of Bill Lawrence. Obviously the two of them are like the three or four person brain trust that's made Ted Lasso. Sure. It's four for that show. It would probably be accurate. So whatever. Um, uh, it's Jason Siegel is the star. Harrison Ford, like I said, plays like kind of his mentor. Um, the next door neighbor is Krista Miller, who is Bill Lawrence's wife in real life. She's Jordan in scrubs. Okay. Um, and uh, I think those are all like the recognizable faces. There's a couple other people who are like, oh, I've seen them in cool. the thing. Or I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah. No, I, I, so. I was like, you know what? Let me throw this on. Last night I had finished watching this week's movie. And then I was like, all right, I don't really want to watch something long. And all these episodes are like 30 to 38 minutes long. So nice. um, I was like, let me throw one on. Watch two episodes today before we got on recording. So uh, I've been enjoying it. It's uh it's interesting. It's fun. Uh, it can it can pivot really hard from kind of hilarious to this is a bit sad, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's it's been interesting. I definitely recommend it as a give it a shot type of show. Cool, I will. Uh, Kim and I started watching uh, Killing Eve as of the last time we recorded. We're about yes. halfway through the first season. It is decent. Okay, first episode was really good, which is funny. Yes, I remember uh, you were very surprised by this, but then like. The pacing seems to struggle for the remaining episodes, for the rest of the episodes that we watched, where I was like, but, but you had it. Mm. Like, what? where's the disconnect? Um, it's funny, because I've heard, like, nothing but good things about the first season. It's not bad. It's just, I just feel like it started off really strong, and maybe that ended up hurting it a little bit for me. It's like, I've been watching it, and, like, not, not, like, not paying attention, but, like, occasionally finding myself disengaged. From what's going on, oh, this is but um, eventually it, it 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 picks itself back up, and it is it is good, and it is like I am curious to see like where it's going and what's going to happen. I do think it needs to get a little bit back on track as far as the pacing, so that I could I could be more engaged with it while yeah. I'm watching it, which is not a place that uh, is a shame because I feel like they've got something there, but like the execution is they're kind of it's faltering right now for me, but. That's fine. I'm definitely, 
I'm definitely going to at least finish this season, and I'm already pre- like planning on watching the remainder of it because I'm pretty sure it's only four seasons. Uh, something like that, yeah. So why, like, why not, right? But uh, it's good. It's an interesting. So I mean, there is some crazy stuff that happens where you're just like, whoa, like shock value. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, and I did just start watching the final season of The Flash. Ah, so very Flash centric episode today. I think it would be really cool if they cross over that in any way with the uh, with this Flash movie. Well, we waited for that for how long with the uh, Defender shows, and it just didn't happen. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like if they're gonna do it, and they're already they're already bringing in another Flash from another universe, they might as well. It'd be fun if he was a 90-second cameo. Especially because it's, like, the final season. Like, I don't know if they, there might be something there, though, where they can't actually, I don't know, like, what the, like, what's, what the deal is with the rights and whatnot for the show characters versus the movie characters, so. But, anyway. I, I feel like if it was just The Flash, they could do it. I don't know about all the other characters, but if it's just him, you probably could make it happen. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, the the show is as cheesy and as fun as it usually is, so I'm <laughs> I, I'm happy with it. I know it's they just like introduce uh, a shocking thing, and it's like it's not that shocking. Uh, it was very heavily hinted at, like so. I was like, this is this is just classic CW, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for your final season, Flash. Well, I'm glad you're uh, embracing and enjoying it for the ridiculousness that it is. Yeah, and I might as well finish up my consumption list. Uh, last thing that I watched, I watched Your Place or Mine on Netflix. Okay, Reese Witherspoon, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, it's new. It's like a new movie, right? rom com. Yep, very, very entertaining. Like nothing. It's it's not going to blow you away, but if you like that kind of movie, you like those people, watch it. It's fun. It's good. It's a heartwarming. Feel good rom com. The, the the com's never particularly gut busting. The rom is also not going to make you cry, but <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's it's like a solid seven. Okay. Yeah, just a, if you're in the mood for that genre, you won't be disappointed. All right. That's my that's my review. <laughs> I know there's been a lot of talk about whatever happened to the rom-com and it does yeah. seem f- firmly entrenched in like the streamers really are the ones doing it. Yeah. The only one that I've actually really watched that I, I really enjoyed actually was that one. Jenny Slate one. Yeah. The Jenny Slate, yeah. Charlie day one mm-hmm. um, was a, I want you back. Yeah. That was good. Oh, after I don't have to pick that one up. I, I always, I love a, I love a rom-com. I'm all about it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it's time. For me, that was that peak era of like 2000, 2010. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, uh, do you have a favorite? Like, do you have a go to rom com? Go to rom com. I mean, I guess probably would be Hitch. Okay. Um, other ones that like I've seen more than once because mm-hmm. it's not really like my strong. Like, I, I, I guess I would gravitate more towards like that in show form, like something like New Girl or whatever, which is oh. basically the rom com equivalent. I, of I've been, uh, you know what? Another piece of consumption. I keep stumbling upon New Girl clips 
on Instagram, and I cannot help but watch them over and over again. No, I think great. I sent you one the other day. They're great just so they're so. Good. But uh, as far as movies, like the ones like I've seen more than once is like I've seen the proposal a few times. Hmm. Um, I think I guess if you can accumulate all together, I've seen Twenty Seven Dresses a couple of times. Okay. Um, I know I've seen other ones, but I'm struggling to like. I guess the other one I would I would probably put it this is it's kind of the it's it's the fusing of two different genres. It's rom com mixed with high school movie was um that one. I actually I think we did it for the show like a while back. Um, oh, I always forget the damn movie. The one with Ben Foster and Kirsten Dunst and Colin. Yeah. Hanks. Yes. Uh. Get over. It? Yes, get over it. Yeah. I always want to call it "Just Go with It." And that's that. That's another Jenna one. Framison, <laughs> ben, uh, Adam Sandler movie. I yeah. always want to call it "Just Go with It." Get over it. Um, that's that's basically a rom com. It's a high school yeah. movie, but it's it's basically. But a those those they have a lot of overlap. There are some that are just high school movies, but that I mean that yeah, yeah. that is absolutely. It's kind of a hybrid of those. Two, but I that's a yeah. I really enjoy that movie. Um, I would say that mine is just friends, but I don't have to because that's my favorite Christmas movie. So, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is. I've never actually seen that favorite. one. I probably should. I know a lot oh, of people love. We that should movie. then. Then we should absolutely. When there's a lull and we don't know what to do, I'll add it to the list to that backlog list that we yeah. have. That is a. Oh, what a great movie! I know people love that movie, and I just because yeah, I mean, when it came out, it wouldn't have been something I would have watched at that time. Sure, and it just it never ended up happening for me. <sighs> I love it so much. I never really was like any of the Hugh Grant ones because, again, those are kind of before my time yeah. for the most part. Um, although I, I did catch like the last like ten minutes of my mom was watching Mickey Blue Eyes. She loves that one, mm. which is ridiculous, fucking ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it, I guess Good Luck it, Chuck. It, I've seen a bunch of times. Okay, you know it's funny, dude. Like you, you had mentioned like. Uh, just get over it like being like it's a it's like that high school type thing but it's also a romantic comedy there's some that are that weirdly do bridge that like 10 things i hate about you there's multiple romantic things going on at the same time so if but it very much feel like focuses on two sets of them and they and it is in my opinion a rom-com whereas like i have a do you remember can't hardly wait they did that on cinephobe I love that movie so much. I never saw it. I want to say they did it recently. Who's in that? Uh, Ethan Emery and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And yeah, they yeah. did that like a month or two ago on Cinephone. Okay. I was not familiar with it. Oh, we absolutely have to do that too. Yeah, I didn't. I never saw it. Um, that one is like very much an ensemble. Like bunch of stuff is going on. There's definitely a main story that is like Seth Green was in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's absurd in that yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, re- I remember them talking about him a lot. Classic. Love a rom-com. We can't really do that. I feel like we can't do those too often because there's not much to say about them, like, except for gushing over how much we enjoy it, like parts of it. But that's pretty much yeah. what we do anyway, so it's fun. Sure. What uh, what else are you consuming? That was pretty much it for me. I, obviously, hmm. Super Bowl... Um, was uh was Sunday. I uh, obviously very much enjoyed the game. It was a heck of a game. Um, I guess just more of a kind of. It's not even about the consumption itself, but just about like the just of it. On on Saturday, had a action packed day because we went to. Well, it wasn't even really brunch. It was planned as brunch, but we ended up 
moving restaurants. We went to lunch, I guess, with um, Dominic's girlfriend's uh, dad and stepmom for the first time. The first time we, we met them. Okay. So that was good. We had a nice... Uh, actually, I did consume something noteworthy in that meal. Uh, we mm. went to a Mexican place, and I had a drink there. It was a colada mojito. It's basically a mojito with coconut cream and pineapple juice. Yeah. So fucking good. Like that to sounds the delicious. point where I took two sips and I was like, we need to find out what's in this and we're gonna have to make this during the summer. <laughs> I was yeah. like, headed to Dominic and he's like, Yep, we're gonna make this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really, really fucking good. Um, that's awesome. So that was that was cool. It's like a nice, pleasant, you know, experience having lunch, had some some good food, some drinks, it's a nice time. Um, and then I got to go down and a uh, friend of the show, Vicky, was was down in the Tri-State area uh, for uh, the weekend. We, we went down to Alex and Devin's. Um, got to see the kids briefly, but it was the first time like the four of us have gotten to hang out in three years. Ages, so, yeah. Um, nice. That was nice, just to, to get the band back together for a little bit with uh, all the crazy that's gone on the last sure. few years. Um, so that was, uh, that was good. It was nice. Love I, actually, another consumption note in re- regards to that two things. One, finally was able to take receipt of the entirely too much Breckenridge whiskey I bought. <laughs> uh, we cracked into a little bit of that. Nice. Delightful. The other thing, cause I brought a bottle that day and then we had some last night or the night before for dinner. I forget two different bottles. Um, I'm really, really moving fast up my rankings of favorite wines is Matapulciana. Really enjoying yeah. that style of wine. Okay. Nice. We are uh, we are currently in the Amarone camp. Oh, I I very much enjoy those too, though the good ones tend to be quite expensive. <laughs> it is not a cheap one. <laughs> but really, really good. <laughs> I, uh, there, there was a, a particular bottle I bought uh, a couple years ago. My boss had a a little thing for like our team like at their house and I bought a bottle for him and his wife because mm. I had had it somewhere and I was like this is so fucking good <laughs> yeah it's 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 nice for sure awesome well I think with that it's time for our flick of the week The Banshees of Inisherin, released in 2022 rated R with a 1 hour and 54 minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. Two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly ends their friendship with alarming consequences for both of them. Yeah. Good. Good. uh, One of the better synopsis that we've read in a long time. Synopsi. I think that was one of the ones that we said the other week. (laughs) Oh, man. Martin McDonough makes some weird movies. What is your toot length review? What the fucking hell did I just watch like <laughs> seven out of ten? Perfect. He captured it. Uh, simple yet complex, unsettling yet captivating. I cannot further categorize nor describe this movie. Six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I didn't not like it. Yeah, I I have trouble, honestly. It's not a movie, it's an experience. Uh, yeah, I mean... 
it was too weird to like totally love. Yep. In the sense that we like weird on this show. Oh yeah. And I appreciate some of the weird. Sure. But in the end, there isn't really a plot to this movie. No. I'm going to throw something out there for you. There are random parts throughout the movie that made me think this, and I brought it up to Kim, and then she started to see it too. Is the movie a dream? I don't think so, but like... Because a lot of the the things that happen are very much things that would happen in your dreams. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, like, out of hand, but, like, I'm inclined to say no without, like, a compelling narrative woven around that to like convince me sure but just going through it i mean it it's delivered pretty straightforward and that's not really any like unreliable narration or inconsistencies or any of that stuff yeah i do have a reason why it's not and that is that our main character is in the movie 90 percent of the time but there is there are times where he's not yeah, I, so. that's another thing is there's enough scenes that follow other characters. Right. That, you know, I would be. But then there's so much random visual stuff that makes it feel like a dream. Yeah, it's just surreal stuff, which can yeah. be dreamlike sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but no, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lean definitely towards no on that. But sure. uh, yeah, I don't. You could probably get away and have like a stronger quote unquote grade for me insofar as that it matters at all, right? But mm-hmm. without much of a plot, but it's so much about character and characterization. But I think they really only did a good job of that with one character mm. and did a, an okay job with like two other characters. And the thing is, I think they needed to do a stronger job of the characterization or at least the explanation that came from um, what was Brennan Gleason's characters. Is it Colin or Colm? Oh, Colm. Okay. I thought it was like Callum, but they were mispronounced, but it's Colm. Okay. They pronounce it Colm, though. Yeah, but there's no there's no vowel in there. Like Colm Sonny Larry. What's that? Colm Sonny Larry. Is that what they called him? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Doherty. <laughs> I um I cannot possibly pronounce Padraig's last name. Sloan. Sloan. And every time one of them said it, they always like petered out while saying it. Oh so yeah. I never even got a good <laughs> like a good <laughs> indication from them that I can try to like emulate. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just I liked some of what they did in this, and mm-hmm. I thought the character work. I thought all, I totally get why all four of the main actors and actresses were nominated. I thought they were all fantastic. They were, and they were. I I really enjoyed a lot of the interplay of the characters, and some of the dialogue is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. But and I like honestly. So there's even a point where I wish they maybe would have leaned into the weird even more. Mm. Um, but some of the weird was pretty damn good, but in the absence of a true plot, um, and an absence of an explanation, I just, I couldn't really sink my teeth into where Colin was coming from. Mm. Like, I, I could understand shades of it, but just the way it plays out 
doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I understand there's this kind of allegory where Siobhan is talking about the pettiness and the grievances and we keep alluding to the troubles on the mainland. Right. And that ultimately where the third act goes is meant to show a very miniaturized version of that. Mm -hmm. But even that, the, the, the thread that's tying those together is a little too thin for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It, it, I mean, you kind of, you kind of nailed it. Like if there is one thing to say for the movie is that I was fully engaged from start to finish and I don't understand why. Yeah, because there's it must times, have been performances. There's times where things are really happening. It's like, okay, yeah. And then there's times mm-hmm. where it's like really quiet. And it's not just in the sense of like solitude of a character or characters, but like sometimes it's like there's not anything happening, right? Yeah, like the, okay, so here's a little bit of a breakdown. I feel like there's you go into it, like you're ex- an experience watching the movie from my perspective. You're watching, you put it on. Okay, what's I don't even I don't know what this movie is about before I put it on. I read that the little synopsis before I started. I was like, okay, interesting. Put it on. Waiting for something to happen. Nothing's really happening. We're not going anywhere. We're not building like we are we've been told this. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Okay, cool. That's what the synopsis said. Now what? What's next? Where does the story go? And then you're realizing it takes you a little it takes you I feel like you're invested enough at that point to be like, where's this going? And then you realize that it's not going anywhere, but you're not upset. You're just like, okay, I can abandon that. It's not going anywhere. So now you're in it. And then all of a sudden you're invested in it almost like a member of the town, like through town gossip. You're just yeah. watching and you're, you're what's, seeing what's going to happen next between these two idiots. Yeah. Are they like, are they going to be friends again? Like, are they going to get over this? What, like, is he serious about what he said he's going to do? Like what's, what's next? And then like, and then, you know, if you're watching it with somebody else, you're talking to them about it. And you now you're two characters in the pub. Yeah. And like, and that the movie does something very interesting of like it definitely it definitely puts you directly in the atmosphere of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like it takes a minute to realize that that's what like we're we're gonna basically have the snapshot, which I don't know, the movie takes place over the course of a couple days, I guess. Like I it's hard to really Yeah, days or a week or so, yeah. And but I think that's intentional, right? Because there's also this kind of commentary on the mundane of like this is just how the this is just where like life in this town i was thinking at one point man how long does it take them to get to that pub like where is it <laughs> so, and it is just fascinating it, and it's just you really you end up like living in the town with them by the end of the movie and it's just it's such an interesting ride i, I like i said i don't i don't dislike it I don't want to say I like it because I'm not quite sure what it is that I like, but I definitely was engaged. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an engaging watch. It's there's a section where they really build some good momentum, and it mm. leads up to when Padre gets like drunk and goes to the bar to finally yeah. really truly confront him and stand up to him. That was a fantastic scene, and I was hoping they were going to take the baton from that scene and followed up with more great scenes. And unfortunately they, they basically didn't, (laughs) but that was such a powerful scene. That was like, that's the part you're going to show of Colin Farrell at like at the Oscars. Yeah. And you know, even the other bit players all have a contribution to that scene. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even like the, the main cast, but they none of them has very much to say in that scene. But their their little accents they add to it all makes it great. Right, and it felt like that was, and that's the most interesting I think he's ever been. <laughs> he goes, "Oh damn it, I think I like him again." And I yeah. was I was hoping that that was going to make for a pivot here. Not that necessarily right. we're just going to go back and be friends because that wouldn't necessarily be the most interesting. But I just thought whatever came next would be more. The, yeah. Or like maybe we would get like the real true explanation behind what, but the fact that he sticks to that, and I guess the the evolution we get is that's where he finally starts cutting his fingers off, mm-hmm. which is its own sort of payoff, and, and it was pretty sure. good on its own, and it, it did actually lead to something else. And I mean, like I was genuinely shocked yeah. when the donkey yep dies on the <laughs> chucking off the fingers. I it was okay. shocking. Yes, absolutely shocked, but also like. I was devastated. Oh, yeah. Like, and then I, I found myself going, wait, why do I care? I don't understand this movie. <laughs> well, because even that, as surreal as that all was, like, you can empathize. This guy's having probably the worst day of his life. His best friend, he still truly just does not understand where he's coming from. Yeah. He's already cut off a finger. He doesn't believe he's going to cut off more fingers. He cuts off the rest of his fucking fingers all in yeah. that. He's missing all fingers on his right hand. He's got five fingers left between his two hands, mm-hmm. which he has willfully done two different times. Like, you can say one time, okay, he got carried away and cut the finger off. Right. No, another day, he cuts off the other four fingers all in one shot. Yeah. And on top of that, so he's now dealing with, like, the, the trauma of, oh, God, he actually cut his fingers off. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, his sister just up and leaves it. Like, yeah. And like we, the watchers got a bit of inclination that she was building towards something. Right. But he does not. And it's super sudden. And her goodbye is super sudden. Like, this isn't like, Hey, I'm leaving next week. It's Hey, I'm leaving in like an hour now. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, I, so, and then his donkey and then his donkey, poor Jenny, rest in peace. I, there is something like I feel like there's a lot to unpack with Calm because like there's the whole I get it right I can get this the concept of like he he doesn't want to be friends with them anymore because he feels like he's holding him back because his life he feels like his life is nearing its it's it's twilight years and he hasn't done anything with it and he's he feels like he wastes time when he's with Patrick which but, which I I got and at first it was tough for me to wrap my head around that but then I was like okay. Okay, I guess I I could see that. Let's see where this goes. It, the the problem I had with it was, this isn't like he was this great musician earlier and he had to give it up because he had to work because he had to support a family or something like that. He's fucking alone. He's not yeah, some yeah. Mu- like super talented musician I, who's going to write a work that lasts forever. So I assumed the way it was going to lead, considering we saw some of the fighting going on in mainland, is I assumed he was cutting ties because he was planning on going and getting involved. Didn't nah, want to sure. bring him with him. Because I think that would have been, like, made sense. He didn't want him to get sucked into a conflict that he had no interest in. Right. I, I could see that. But I, I, what I end up getting out of it, though, is he did that, and then he does this whole thing with his fingers. Ultimately, he's, I feel like he, he's definitely, he's feeling like this guilt of not having done anything with his life. And he is convincing himself that he's not doing this, but he is actively blaming other people. And he's using them as the reason why. And like, you're the reason why I haven't focused on this. So I'm pushing you away so that I can now go do this thing. But even and that then was he, a bit of a mixed message, though, because it, I assumed it would be one of those things where like, he's going to keep talking about, oh, I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it. 
Mm-hmm. And then chops off his fingers. Oh, well, now I can't write it because I chopped off my fingers because you won't leave me alone. Because Yeah. But he does write it. He does. But I think he also knows that it's just, he's not going to do anything with this. Yeah. And he's not going to be remembered for it. And he want he I don't think he can cope with the fact that that's not somebody else's. Like he didn't go for it. He didn't put his all into it. At, like there's there's a there's a million reasons why he was not going to be the greatest the next greatest musician. It's not just like this thing that happens. And like there is there's definitely a lot of mental illness going on with a lot of different characters that Absolutely. like undiagnosed, unexplored, not like completely not even remotely understood. And I think it uses the timeline of when the story is taking place to help like kind of capture that a little bit more like it would be it's like it's not something that you speak about really or like it's not something that anybody really is looking into or understands or considers and so many of these characters are going through it in their own way and i do think that there is an interesting piece about siobhan in it is that she recognizes it i feel like in podrick but can't do anything about it slash doesn't really know what it is or how to but knows that ultimately i need to I need to move on. I can't bring like, you know, come with me if you want, but like, I can't, I have something else that I need to do with my, with my life. And like, that's what she's like kind of going for. And I think she feels guilty, but ultimately she makes a very mature decision to leave. And I know like the time, like the way that it's portrayed, it definitely feels abrupt and like timing is odd, especially with the messaging with Padraig, but it, it feels like a very big character, like growth moment for her to leave. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, and then obviously they, the more direct, like, there's like little shades of this with every character, but then the more direct one is with Dominic, right, who is clearly going through some stuff and misunderstood and socially awkward and also has some undiagnosed things going on. And then, of course, there's the other aspect of it where he is clearly a victim of sexual abuse. And, like, there's there's and, so and much. physical abuse. There's like, and I think like what in the end, and maybe this is why it's so captivating, is like all of these characters are going through something pretty severe. Yeah. And they don't recognize it and nobody else recognizes it. And and even the couple of people who recognize it can't do anything about it. Right. And it's put, it, I feel like it's framed in a point in time where we think, ah, oh, but they're of an old age. It's like, I get why. But then also you you start to creep into today and like how there are so many undiagnosed and unknown and untreated and un- misunderstood things that everybody's going through all of the time. So like to do that, to, to explore that in this time frame with this small set of cast members and like for them to just be kind of like ships passing in the night on all of these things is just really interesting. And maybe that's why it's so engaging. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. It's <sighs> I mean it's tragic, right? It is. <laughs> but also I'm gonna <laughs> at two o'clock on Sunday, I'm gonna burn your house down. <laughs> whether you're in it or not. I hope you're not. And certainly I I have nothing against your dog, so I, I recommend yeah. you leave it out. But I'm going to burn your house down. Uh, so I suppose we're done with all of this. You killed my donkey. It's not done. <laughs> We're never going to be done with this. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, 
to circle back on like that random point about a dream from the beginning, uh, the pieces that make it feel like the dream are one, the creepy old lady. Yeah. Right. That's one piece of it. Two, the animals in the house. There's something very bizarre about it that, like, I could see that. Like, I could. Um, I feel like I could almost remember the dream I had where this was the case where the farm animals lived <laughs> in my house. Uh, the cutting off of the fingers and throwing it at the door. Something very weird that would happen in the dream. Like, all of it. <laughs> all of it. The, even even the location is dreamlike. I know it's yeah. an actual, like, it's meant to represent an actual place. But, like, right? Like, it's like, oh, this guy lives in this house in this very desolate part, right? It's like plopped right here in this field. And from one moment to the next, I'm at this house in the middle of nowhere. And then I'm at the pub and then all the people are here. And then none of the people are here. And now he has no fingers. And now there's music <laughs> playing. Like it's, it's very weird. There's, there's two things I thought of the whole time with, with him and the fingers. <laughs> well, one, it was darkly hilarious when, he gets up and the dog grabs the shears and runs outside yes. because he can sense the mood. It's like, oh god, last time you were like no, this. No, not this again. You cut your finger off and you see him kind of chuckle as he walks over and grabs the shears and closes the door on the dog. <laughs> the other thing was the whole time I was thinking of that stupid uh, gag in, in Family Guy when they talked about um, it was like uh, this is like darker than a German like bedtime story. It is. <laughs> <laughs> there once was a boy who sucked on his thumbs. <laughs> his mother told him not to suck on his thumbs, but he continued to suck on his thumbs, so she chopped them off. <laughs> now he has no thumbs. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> it's just a picture of him with his two thumbs just like spurting blood. Yeah. Because <laughs> she cut them off with shears. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so ridiculous. I uh it's funny, we're talking about like all this funky stuff that happens in this movie. I was talking to a friend of the show and former roommate, Michael Warren, and he goes, so <laughs> we were talking, I think it was like last week, he goes, okay, so in the past week, since we've, since we've caught up, I've watched both The Menu and Banshees of Anna Sharon, and he goes, I feel weird about this, but I, I'm i more disturbed by The Banshees of Anna Sharon. <laughs> I was like, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because it feels closer to real life. Like, it's just people, right? Like, it's not... Like, there's... Like, the menu is so surreal. And it's so gleeful in its, like, assault of people who are not real life. Like, Uh they're just... Like, they are the 1% of the 1%. And, like, you and I live in a place where we are more well-off than an obscure island of Ireland in the 1920s or 30s, whatever it is. So... But they they're still closer to us than anything, right? Like they're they're just people, yeah. And they're dealing with things they're not equipped to deal with. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know, you've you've watched people in your life probably go through serious mental health issues, or at least periods of time of crisis themselves, even if they don't have an yeah. out and out mental health issue. But Thankfully, you probably haven't watched anyone cut off their own fingers to prove a point. No. Or watch someone who is so confused and misguided and unable to read the room that they drove their friend who was having a mental health crisis to cut off their own fingers. I mean, you knew it was coming when he came walking onto the screen with that Lloyd haircut from Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. This is Dumb and Dumber of Anna Sharon. I gotta be honest, it's just as unlikely a pairing. I mean, Jeff Daniels <laughs> and Jim Carrey. I, 
I mean, at least they're closer in age. Like Colin sure. Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Like, how are these two men best friends when like, best friends? They're so far apart in age. I loved when it's like Colin coming and like I don't know. You don't, you don't know. What do you mean? Like the first the first time that they're yeah. not together at the pub. <laughs> I mean, really, the fact that he didn't think he would cut his fingers off again when he did it the first time. Like, yeah, the mm. first time is like okay, like yeah, you're saying that because you're being dramatic. You're not going to do it. Yep. But then once he's done it, you're going to continue. Like, like you really don't think he's going to continue to do it. Mm-hmm. It was like it's like that. Uh, <laughs> you ever see that meme? And it's like um, you know, like sometimes on like the news they'll like post like the audio of like whether it be someone who's called the cops or the or the fire department or someone who's like you hear like overheard like recording of like two people on the phone or whatever and it's like so what it's like it's like man who was stabbed like so what are you gonna stab me then (laughs) 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 it's like yeah a friend who's bewildered that the first friend that the second friend cut his finger off. So what? You're gonna cut them off again? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's his like thing right now is cutting his fingers off because you keep driving him insane. Also, the whole the whole scene when the first finger where <laughs> he brings it in, he's having this ridiculous conversation with her where she's asking him very simple questions. Yeah, that he just can't or won't answer. About the finger, and then he's just gonna like hang on to it. It's a man's finger. It's a man's finger. <laughs> Throw it out. <laughs> I, I can't. It'll get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> as if as if that even matters one iota. <laughs> as uh... if that even matters the slightest bit. Like it wasn't like oh, like it wasn't like it, it was present day. And it's like oh, I'm gonna put this in a bag and throw it in the freezer in case he wants it back. No, they don't have the medical technology to do that. Oh my god. He puts it in a box. Yep. It's gonna stay in the house with them. I guess so. And then she it's brings end up in the. It's gonna end up in the porridge. She brings the. <laughs> she brings the finger back to him. All oh, right. <laughs> I did love like the the sister character Shabam. Like it was it oh, was an in, it was a great character. Like also like she loves her brother so much, and you said she's like fiercely protective of him but also she hates him because he drives him insane (laughs) yeah but it's like but i feel like that's such a real dynamic Mm -hmm. right oh man hey that's the thing it does it does so many interesting things really well or like real like or like uncanny like how accurate they can be and then but in this very odd such a strange story um i do like that they like right off the bat uh, he's like, he said, wait, so what did he say? He doesn't like you anymore or something? Like, yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's what he said. Sure, he didn't mean that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, everyone else is just as confused as he is, but they're yeah. also kind of like, okay, well, I guess that's, that's that then. Yeah. And he just can't let it go. Like, even to the point that he manipulates the priest to like talk to him. The, oh the, God, the two conversations between Calm and the, and the, the priest were both great. Um, the, the yeah, the question about despair, um, the, the especially like, specifically that second conversation where, he, yeah, he's it's like, so anything you want to tell me? No, nothing at all. No, you don't think there's anything? And he's like, <laughs> like, I, what? What is it? A crime to not be friends with someone? What about self mutilation? Is that a sin? 
Yeah. Well, you, got, you got me there. <laughs> it's all slapstick. Oh, man. That's so funny. He goes, he goes also, I, I don't know, assaulting a police officer? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. Yeah. He deserved it. If you, if you, what was it? The line was, if you, if you can't punch a police officer, then we might as well all pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, on its own is, is, a, bit, is a bit of a problem, but... When it's a police officer who actively uses his power to yeah. to like get what he wants and subjugate everyone else, and also is raping his own son, like yeah, punch him, yeah, punch him good. You could have punched him more than you did. That's so this is so ridiculous. Oh man, there was oh, the, oh, the, the sorry. I was saying the, the other line was from the first meeting. He goes, "What's this about you and Padraig?" He goes, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "It's an island. Calm." People talk. <laughs> also, he told me to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is when when the sister left on the boat, there was the I forget who she, is she looking at uh Podrick at the on the top of the cliff? She's looking at him and then and also Dominic was just down the way. It was him, right? And that's yeah. the, I guess that's the last we see of him, right? Before we see him wash up in the Yeah. Water. And it's it's a good it's probably like a, a solid mystery. You know, is that is her leaving is that what does he kill himself or mm-hmm. does the father kill him? I think I think he did kill himself because I, I think so too, but it's left open enough. Yeah, it's definitely ambiguous. There's doubt there. It it I feel like narratively like you could easily follow the steps of like he was clearly abused. He's clearly in this really bad spot. He clearly loves Shivan, but he's not in a place to actually Right, well, no, even even talks to her and she basically she tells him No, I know, not. but like realistically he's not in a place where he can be in a, an adult relationship. No, no. But then she's leaving for good, yeah. and that's the last draw. There's literally there's nothing left for him to hope for. It's true, and so dark. The way they shoot it with the old lady stopping um, the father <laughs> leads it to where it could be that she's informing him. Yeah, but also it could be more because there's an, a semi mystical aspect to her where she keeps showing up. It places in times and ways that would seem like she has some foreknowledge of what's going to happen. But yeah. on the other hand, it could be more of a signal that she stops there for him in that way when he least expects it. And you can either read it as dread because he is able to guess what she's there to stop him, or it could be guilt mm. because he's killed him off screen. He didn't expect anyone to find him, and she's there to hold him to task if no one else will. Yeah. And considering the context... deaths in Inisherin. Well, there's going to be one, possibly two. I'll pray it's neither you nor Siobhan. He's like, well, what the fuck is... And it turns out, there were two. And neither of them then. Rest in peace, Jim. Also, also one of them was a donkey. (laughs) Yes. Uh, do you have anything else left on this movie? Um, the the one scene when when Dominic stays with them kind of cracked me up. <laughs> They're sitting there for was dinner or breakfast, I forget. But yeah. that that scene was uh, was funny. There were a couple of like times where I like 
did like a loud like ha or snort laugh like where it's yeah. like things are so tense and then someone says something stupid that makes me laugh but the whole thing am i dumb no you're not dumb oh, that's right uh, it was you know i'm probably probably smarter than you right like it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid ass um you know and how many times he gets put in his own place um but really, I, I I circle back to a couple of really strong scenes in this, and and that scene at the bar yep. where he totally lays into both of them correctly was uh, was great. So that was awesome. Oh man, what an interesting movie! And I I genuinely I cracked up when Dominic said that line to her when he sneaks up at her at the lake. The the line that I used during the opening, I was yeah. like, the, he's just so heartbroken, he doesn't know, and he already had that element of. The way his mind works is not like everyone else with him, where he kind of, kind of goes up and above and below the conversation. He's not always at the level, or even right. often at the level of the other person he's talking to. But that that was a moment there where it's like, oh, I, I really tried to, to match you on your level and 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 communicate something that was super important to me, and hopefully to you. And the one time I I kind of got it right, it just was never going to be. Yeah, and for that that shook him clear of that again. Hmm. Ah, what a weirdly devastating dark comedy drama. Like I, I would say dramedy. Yeah. Probably yeah. there there was an element of this that I felt was kind of spiritually related to the menu, where it was like a super dark comedy. But I think this one leaned into the drama aspect more, or just traditional comedy like yeah comedy. i mean there was aspects of that but i wouldn't say there was enough for it to be yeah, really that's, a true, that's true comedy that's fair cool well that's all for this week's episode of flicks in the six we hope you enjoyed it as always if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss you can send those requests to flicks in the six at the tune in next time for more movie and beer goodness until then i'm anthony stanza i'm al bielsi thanks for coming out last word on the last of us is it on the last of us or with the last of us? on on the last of us cool so episode five what did you think i'm gonna let you take this this was something that i was really i was so curious to see when like what it was going to be like when we got here um big moment in mm-hmm. the game so to see how they do it on screen was really exciting and uh, for me they absolutely knocked it out of the park so <laughs> what did you think I think that the two best episodes of this show have told a wonderful story of love between two characters that tragically die at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> it got to the uh, point where, like, once things were really taking off between their partnership, I was like, oh, okay. So is Sam going to die? And then Henry will maybe stick around with him for a while or go his own way. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably not just going to kill a kid. <laughs> is Sam going to, or is, is Henry going to die? Well, it's going to be tough to have Joel have to watch after two kids now, especially one who's deaf who he will not be able to communicate with. Yeah. It's not like he can just go off and do his own thing unless some other character is going to be willing to take him in. Yeah. Are they both going to die? <laughs> Maybe, but 
I don't know, probably not. That might be too dark. Maybe they all get out and the two of them just go their separate ways, even though it seems like we're setting up for a partnership to last for at least a while. Yeah. No, they're just going to both die. Yeah. Tragically. Yeah, tragically, for sure. I mean, I guess I should have believed Kathleen when she says, children die. It happens every day. Mm. It's like, wow. God, she sucked. She sucked so much. She but... did, and it, it's it's hard, right? Because they clearly were being abused. And so you can empathize with them to a point of yeah. throwing off their oppressors and trying to just live and breathe. But yeah. they overcorrected and become the evil that they fought. Right. And so you ultimately have to hate them despite not wanting to. Yeah. I did like the, like, we are, we are at an impasse because, like, I know that I shouldn't do this, but I also know I cannot live with myself until you are dead. Yeah. Like, that was, like, a really dark, but, at, like, a very honest character. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, giving the the nameless, faceless uh, bad guys from the game some peppered in backstory that like makes it more like it's already uncomfortable to be attacking the, that many people in a game, but like to actually put a story behind them and like humanize them makes the makes the narrative of the show so much stronger. Yeah, and Henry and Sam they knocked it out of the park. The uh, the change being that Sam is deaf was actually, I feel like made this really cool. It, it this really cool dynamic. Oh, was of he not like, deaf in the, sh- in no, the game? No. And I just like, that was all like the way that he relies on Henry and like to the degree that he relies on him is interesting. And their bond is super strong. And then like, it makes it even sweeter to see like the friendship grow between Sam and Ellie it's just like it's just all it all played out so perfectly, and like that is some of the most fun you'll have in the game is like that whole kind of like watchtower thing where you do you end up sneaking up and taking out the person in the tower, and then oh oh no, there's hordes of these infected coming out, and you have to get everybody else to where you're at, and you have to pick them off. Along. It is a really fun thing to play, and they somehow matched the excitement and fun of it. And like the uncertainty with the way they pulled it off with the, you know, they're all here now. And then the ground sinkhole opens and all of the, and to bring in the exploder, like that, it was all, it was pretty bananas. No, it was intense. That whole final sequence was great. Um, we got to see kind of the evolution of how the infected <coughs> work as a swarm, where mm-hmm. you get most of them are the regular old kind of grunt type of. Uh, infected, and then you get a couple of the clickers, which we've met before, but to see them in a large scale thing like this, as opposed to like a slow motion horror thing, and then yeah. you get another, another new variant. Um, was it the bloater or whatever? Yeah. Um, I saw. I don't know if it was all on screen that way, but I saw they they certainly used a model for parts of it. And they showed the 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 costume that the person was in. Mm. It was revolting. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. The there's also a really fun homage to the game in there of he grabs that the bloater grabs that one character and rips the it's head rough. open. Yeah, if you get caught, 
by it in the game, it does that to you. And that's like the death scene of the game over screen. <laughs> Is it ripping your head open? <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the one thing I was not prepared for, though, was Child Clicker. Yeah. That, that was, was so unsettling. Yeah. Uh, but also really exciting when it killed, wow, what was her name again? Kathleen? Kathleen. Yeah, when it, that was, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that immensely. Yeah, no, that thing was, uh, it definitely had some big, like, the grudge type of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like a kid climbing, like, through the car and flipping over and, like, limbs going the wrong way, and it's like, yeah, no, no, no. I... I really appreciate the moments of innocence in Ellie that they highlight. Like, for example, when she's like, my blood is medicine. And she, she I think she honestly believes that it might work. Yeah, she was right. so like, yeah, no, we're just going to do this. And I was like, oh, could it work that way? No. Yeah. But could it? Yeah. And then, but then for it to go and like, like you're seeing these moments in the past couple of episodes of like, there is an innocence there, and then she has to level up through adulthood extremely fast. And it happens, like, now that she's outside of the walls, as terrible as it was inside, it's so much worse. Like, there's so much more horror out there. And, like, you know, to get the whole the whole story, and, the, the you know, she has, she shoots the guy in in the previous episode, and that definitely affects her. And Sam dies in this episode, and that really affects her. And, like, so much so where she's, she's shutting... She's shutting off from emotion by the end of the episode and like, okay, let's go. Yeah, and leaving the message saying I'm sorry on the thing. Yeah. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Tremendous performance. I am, uh, the show is really, it's absolutely killing. And Henry at the end when he, you you just have no idea what he's going to do when he pulls a gun on Joel, he shoots at his feet, and then he just whips decisively and shoots Sam. Yeah. For someone who supposedly had never killed someone, well, like, never really literally directly killed someone. Yeah. To be so decisive like that in that moment, with the Mm -hmm. muscle memory of someone who you would have thought was, like, a battle-hardened veteran. Yeah. And then to realize, oh, God, I didn't even realize what I did. I didn't even hesitate. I just did it. And it's like, it's the right thing. He knows it's the right thing. Yep. But he, like, just can't live with the fact that he did it. Yeah. Ah, absolutely devastating. It's it's funny. I feel like I constantly <laughs> what's hap- what's happening with each time we do this. It's like you go th- we walk through the episode, and then I say to myself, "Absolutely devastating! What a tremendous show." <laughs> Those two things shouldn't go hand in hand, but they do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's heavy. It's you know you you in a show like this, you know sometimes there's a happy ending for an episode or a half an episode. Like sometimes someone's life is a little bit better for that week. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's ever going to be the case in this show. <laughs> and it's, you know, you do have to wonder whether there ends up being a fatigue factor for some people. Mm. But um, for now, it's it's so good and so strong that it's probably not the case. I mean, what last week was being considered kind of like a, uh, in some circles, like a you know, bad episode. I, to me, I lean more of just, a, okay, it's set up and it's it's a so-so episode, whatever. Mm-hmm. To come back this strong like this, like to remember, oh yeah, sometimes you just need a week to set up what's coming next. Yeah, we need a breather in between some of these things for sure. I think we're going to get another breather episode next week. Well, this one was a lot, so it wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are, of course, building towards some pretty intense stuff. So it'll be it's interesting. All right. Well, we'll check back in next time.